Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Welcome to a Monday, and it doesn't matter where you go. Uh, the water cooler talk is just that. It's all about the water. We're going to talk more about what we're seeing across just the whole upper United States. And believe it or not, it may not be as bad as what we feel like it is at this moment. We'll talk more about that, how the markets are looking at it. Uh, speaking of weather concerns, is there any concerns for frost when you look at Brazil? We're going to talk about that, exports, and a whole lot more on today's report. As we're being joined today by Alan Brugler. Alan, of course, is with Brugler Marketing and Management. So let's kind of talk. You and I, before this program started, uh, we were talking about rain totals. Because I said, oh, darn it, we missed the rain once again. But you kind of looked at the bigger picture. And I think sometimes it's too easy easy, Alan, to, to focus on our own backyard and not look over the entire package. Definitely, you're guilty of backyarditis. All right, what what to doing within 20 miles of my house? What what am I hearing at the coffee shop? What am I hearing from my, you know, my cousins and, and so forth? And, uh, you know, you have to take a bigger picture. And Nebraska is a good case in point because, um, you know, you know, you basically have the extremely wet southwestern part of the state this year. The second, I think it was the second wettest May in 131 years. And then you go to Omaha and that crop district, and it was the driest in 131 years for May. But even in Omaha, you got rain the first couple of days of June after you got out of that window. It's it's a little better than it was at, that, at the end of May. Uh, I did some traveling over the last few uh, weeks here in uh, Kansas and in Ohio and a few other places, uh, you know, producers want it to rain an inch, inch and a half a week. Uh, the drought monitor says, yes, we are. We're get, we've gotten away from neutral into a little more D0, D1 drought concerns. But you also look at the, the rainfall totals over the weekend, and, and there were a, a fair number of places got an inch of rain. It's just not consistent. So looking at that, and, and where are you feeling um, for this crop progress at this point, and, and what's Chicago seeing? Kind of what are the chatter are you hearing amongst the folks that you talk to? Well, I, I think we're building in some risk premium here. Okay, we didn't have a lot. when when we were, In fact, we were, uh, by our statistical models, December was way too cheap at, at uh, the lows that we had there a couple of weeks ago, and it needed to bounce back. Uh, markets are mean reverting. July should not have been below six bucks for old crop based on the supply and demand that we have. We know export sales aren't good, but just in terms of amount of carryover stocks to use ratio, it, it had gotten for, for June very cheap. Uh, so part of this buying is just uh, basically putting a little risk premium back in. We've got the weather story here. We've got the frost risk story for South America. Uh, you've got the interruptions in the Ukrainian exports uh, because there's a war going on over there. You know, I think the and, and I think the funds want to buy if there's enough sell paper in there for them to buy against. So you did bring up frost. Um, what are the concerns right now for for frost in Brazil? Well, it's uh, again, it's you can get any weather forecast you want to pay for. But uh, <laughs> what we're hearing is uh, Paraná and parts of Rio Grande do Sul, the areas that had the late planting uh, and the crops not as mature, that there there is some potential for a, for a frost or a light freeze kind of situation. Again, I don't I don't have high confidence in that forecast, but the market is saying, well, wait a minute, that stuff's been vulnerable all year. Uh, because of the late planning, this could be this could be real. Uh, the counteraction to that a little bit is uh, 
the 2.2 percent of the of the crop nationally down there is already harvested i'm talking about the winter corn and the yields on what's been harvested up in Monte Grosso have been excellent export numbers inspection wise i was reading they were talking about soybeans being off just a bit uh what how off is the trade right now for those exports well, the, the the soybean exports are uh, we're just not competitive. We're we're dribbling along. And we're getting you know 100, 200,000 ton kind of quantities. Uh, the uh, but we expect that. I mean, Brazil is has got in limited storage. They had a record crop. They're trying to get it moved out uh, and and make room for this second crop corn that's coming out of the field now. And uh, we're just not competitive. I think USDA, as you know, cut the export. Uh, estimate on Friday, and uh, they they could easily cut it another ten or fifteen million bushels if if uh, we th- it, it's as slow for the second half as what we think. Now, that said, we're still only talking two hundred thirty two hundred forty million bushel old crops ending stocks, and that, that's tight. So the bean market will be more sensitive to weather too. But uh, as we know, that the critical yield area for for beans is usually in August, not middle of june what about from a from a corn perspective uh corn's uh, july's a lot bigger deal I, I one thing that's intrigued me is i've seen some some studies that show that the uh in la nina to el nino transition year uh which is what we have uh if you cherry pick those years out of the last 50 year database uh you do get a much drier than normal june followed by better rainfall in july and august so if that's really what we're going to get this year this is this is your weather scare to sell and then uh be prepared for better yields later on but again that's that's correlation it doesn't happen every year uh from a wheat side of it um obviously we saw some mixed type of numbers winter wheat harvest i know it's underway but haven't heard a lot when it comes to numbers as of yet yeah you, you really aren't uh the, the you know the harvest starts south and moves north. Uh, on Friday, USDA bumped up their HRW forecast a little bit. The crop condition ratings for HRW have improved. And if if you had wheat that was not headed yet, you probably are benefiting from the rains that we've seen recently in Kansas and, and corners of Nebraska uh, because you know you get better head development. But uh, the, it's not going to a major swing. I think one of the big questions is whether the abandonment. Uh, which have been forecast to be extremely high. We do have a lot more coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. As you've probably heard, there will be some changes coming for Fontenelle Hybrids. Bear Crop Science has announced Fontenelle will be joining 10 Bear Seed brands to launch the new Enhanced Channel Seed brand. You'll get the same excellent products and service you come to expect from Fontenelle, along with expanded product offerings and increased agronomy support. You'll still be able to purchase your trusted Fontenelle products for 2024, and rest assured we'll work hard to continue to earn your business through this transition. Read and follow pesticide label directions, green marketing, and other stewardship practices. Fontenelle and Channel are trademarks of Bear Group. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation with Alan Brugler. Alan, of course, with Brugler Marketing and Management. And, and during the break, you reminded me we have a Fed meeting um, that's going to take place this week. And, you know, that's going to have some influence on what we see in the trade. 
Yeah, and, and there's still quite a bit of debate about what they're going to do. I mean, they the uh, Treasury's got to re- reload their gun, if you will. Uh, the debt ceiling situation caused them to to uh, back off on their uh, sales of Treasury instruments. Uh, now they've they've got to sell several trillion dollars worth of, of stuff here. Uh, in effect, that that can cause a rate increase by itself, particularly if there's not enough demand. So uh, the 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 Fed's got to not only look at their own indicators on economic activity, but they've also got to anticipate what this these Treasury auctions might do to rates. So, uh, yeah, stock market seems pretty happy at the moment. It's trying to rally uh, S and P's back uh, above forty three hundred, but the uh, that that has a, does have ripple effects on on the grains. It, it, it won't trump. Uh, what we're doing with the yields, but it's something to keep in the back of your head in terms of money flow. Looking at uh, Ukraine, I know that there's been so much talk about the dam and all the issues I've been having there, but then I was reading over the weekend that there's some issues between Ukraine and Poland now when it comes to grain subsidies. Well, the, yeah, the, the, the friction is that the uh, you, Poland's trying to help Ukrainians uh, ship stuff out, ship stuff through. But they don't want the grain uh, ending up in Poland. Okay, the the, the, the Polish market is is got EU type supports to it. Uh, what's supposed to happen is Ukraine shipping the stuff to a port in Poland, and then it goes to some other country. All right, but uh, there's a tendency. Hey, I got this truck. I'm hauling it into Poland. Uh, you know, I don't want to spend the money to haul it all the way to the port. I can unload it here, and this guy will sell it for me. Uh, but the problem is that Ukrainian prices are very, very cheap because of the, of the Russian situation. All right. Uh, if, if you look at at the export prices, for example, Ukraine just has to be X amount below Russia all the time in order to move the product. It's in it, And that that discount is to cover the, the insurance and inspections and so forth. But the point is, they're very cheap. It's just get it out of here to get me some money. OK. And so you've got sort of a dumping issue in, in Poland and to a lesser degree in Romania and Hungary and some other places around that region where the, they're trying to help the the Ukrainians, but it's also uh, causing stress with the local farmers and pressing their price down. And so they're, they're trying to trying to tighten that up and make sure that uh, the local farmer isn't isn't hurt by uh, the Ukrainian grain coming in. So we'll switch gears and head over to the livestock side. Can we push for higher cash? I mean, we saw, what, 8 and $10 higher on the cash last week for this cattle. Is it a possibility of a repeat? Well, that was a really, uh, obviously, a really steep increase uh, in, in in a short period of time. You do have 4th of July coming up, and that that's usually a pretty good demand period here. Uh, the, uh, the packers got to get uh, product into the pipeline right now. Uh, to meet that that demand, uh, the, you know, the the main story hasn't changed. The cattle cycle still says we don't have a lot of uh, uh, feeders out there, and therefore you, you're going to see declining inventory in the feedlots. Uh, you've got uh, some better grass conditions in the West. Everybody keeps looking over their shoulder. Are the heifers going back to grass? Because if they are, then then that starts to really tighten up the feeder supply. Uh, yeah, on the cash side, it's yeah. Is the consumer still willing to pay for the beef? Uh, it is interesting that we've had a, a pretty steep rally in hogs here over the last week and a half, two weeks, and uh, so 
that actually helps beef go a little higher, I think, because the, you don't have the quite as a dirt cheap of a, of a substitute out there. It is definitely nice to see some green for those hogs to start out the week. Hopefully that can continue. Yeah, I, I, I like the, the hog market. Uh, I, you know, there's normally a seasonal rally into, into June and July just due to reduced slaughter. And also bacon BLT demand starts to pick up. That's been a weak spot. The, the pork bellies and cold storage has been a rather large number. We need to move that product. The uh, <clears throat> CME index is 84.28. And, uh, you know, there was a period there a week and a half ago where, where June and July, well, particularly June, were below was below the index. Now we have with this rally got, got June back to about a $3 premium. The index is going up. And, uh, uh, you know, I like that action. Uh, the, you know, can we, can you go to, you know, July to 95 bucks? I don't know that, that, that we'd be pretty overbought there in the short, in the short run. All right, Alan, lots of great conversation today. Best way for folks to get a hold of you. Oh, please call us 402-697-3623. Visit our website, www.brugler, that's B-R-U-G-L-E-R marketing, all one word.com. Uh, you can send me an email if you want to, Alan B at Brugler MKTG. That's short for marketing.com. All right. Thanks so much. I always want to remind folks, commodity futures and options involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.